Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hello, and welcome to this edition of World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm James Wilson. Today, we're looking at Italy, where this week Matteo Salvini, leader of the ruling League, launched an alliance of populist parties from across the EU with the idea of forming a new group in the European Parliament after May's elections. Mr Salvini was promoting this populist vision in the same week that his coalition government was forced to concede that Italy was also on course for sharply slower growth this year. That raises questions over plans for higher public spending. So there's lots to talk about Italy this week. Joining me on the line from Rome is Miles Johnson, the FT's Italy correspondent. And with me in the studio is Anselven Chassani, the FT's world news editor. Miles, let me start with you. If, could you just explain for our listeners what Matteo Salvini was doing this week in Milan? So this week on Monday morning, Matteo Salvini gathered the press of Italy and lots of international journalists to Milan to launch what he had sort of billed as this very important sort of announcement about his plans for Europe. And effectively, it was the official launch of the League, his party's campaign for May's European election. But the significance of it, he said he was starting a new group. He was speaking alongside senior figures from Germany's Alternative for Deutschland and also figures from the Danish People's Party and the Finns Party. And Salvini basically declared that this was a sort of seminal moment in the history of nationalist parties in Europe. And it was going to be the first chance for them to unite and form a coherent bloc ahead of that vote. So it was a lot of big, bold statements from Salvini at that event. Was this a coherent group of political parties that he invited from across Europe, or were there slight divisions in terms of their approach to what Mr. Salvini is trying to do? Well, that was the interesting thing, is that there was some debate in the days running up to the event over whether this announcement of this joint platform with those parties would constitute a success for Salvini or a failure in the sense that notable absentees at the event were including Marine Le Pen, who was not there, but had met Salvini the week before. And then other European populist figures, sort of Viktor Orban of Hungary, his party was not involved at all. The ruling party of Poland was not involved at all. And these were figures who Salvini had courted ahead of time. He had been to Hungary, he'd been to Poland. He had made a sort of fairly pronounced effort to win these figures on side. And Really, it showed that there still are these complexities in the relationship between these parties, despite certain shared values in the sense that on certain issues, especially on migration, which is an issue which unites these parties, but in many ways divides them as well. Because, you know, you might say, I don't want any migrants to come into my country. But then you have the issue of where do you put them within Europe? And someone like Victor Orban would be with, let's say, we're certainly not taking migrants from Italy and putting them in Hungary. So it was a bit of a score draw in a way. That's interesting, Miles. Thank you. And Sylvain, you've just been in Brussels yourself. Do you get the sense that Mr. Salvini is going to succeed with his project on the European level, given what Miles has just told us about the disparities and differences in the various parties he's trying to get on board? 
Well, it's certainly an attempt that is closely watched in Brussels because, as you know, the expectation is that these European right-wing populists will make big gains in European elections. And we have a poll tracker showing that they would become the third or fourth largest force in Parliament. That said, it's interesting because what Salvini is trying to do is in many ways the same thing that Emmanuel Macron is trying to do with the pro-European liberals. And both are trying to pit this EU elections as populists versus liberals. And they are not really succeeding so far. So Salvini is not starting from scratch. He's part of this group where you have already the National Front now called the National Rally, Marine Le Pen. But his success will rely on his ability to break the old established political grouping in European Parliament, just as Macron. And so, for example, if you take the centre-right EPP, which has dominated EU politics for decades, you will need to lure Viktor Orban and indeed the Polish law and justice. And because they have divergent views on policies, especially as Miles said on migration, how to tackle migration, but also on Russia, what kind of attitude you want to have towards Russia, the Poles are definitely not pro-Russian. Salvini has cultivated ties with Vladimir Putin. So it is very tricky. And on Macron's side, he needs to break up this EPP as well and lure the liberals on his side. So they're not really succeeding, but they may after the EU elections, really. It's interesting that you put the sort of right-wing Italian deputy prime minister and the rather centrist liberal French president in the same camp in terms of what they're trying to achieve. But broadly speaking, these are both Europe's disruptors at the moment and both are sort of earning political capital, as it were, by taking strong positions in terms of European affairs. How worried are the usual forces, the sort of moderates in Brussels, about what's going on and what the European elections could bring in May? They are worried. And in fact, I interviewed Manfred Weber who is the lead candidate for the EPP, who is vying for the job of European Commission president. And as leader of the largest force in Parliament at the moment, he's very worried to be disrupted because he wants to be president. So he needs to have the largest grouping in Parliament to make it happen. He knows it's going to be trickier than the previous legislature because Parliament is going to be more fragmented. But I have to say, he's managed to keep the family together and if you look at how he managed Viktor Orban, Viktor Orban has really pushed the envelope in matters of rule of law and the EPP has had to take some measures. But Manfred Weber has made sure that Viktor Orban would be kept within the family. So Fidesz, Orban's party, has been suspended but not expelled. And that is really important because the family has been kept together. It sounds like the usual forces in Brussels will find ways as far as they possibly can to make sure they preserve their own interests and exclude Salvini as far as possible. Miles, let me come back to you. How much of a factor is the Italian economy being in terms of Mr. Salvini's domestic political support? It is another very intriguing and interesting dynamic in this attempt by Salvini to create this European group because a lot of these parties who he's sitting down and sharing a platform with are also rather concerned and never particularly happy about the idea of money being redistributed from wealthier northern European countries to deficit-running southern European countries. 
And this week, the Italian coalition government, which Salvini is an important part of, clearly had to sharply revise down its estimates for economic growth for 2019. And, you know, these may seem like details, but it was an important concession, a sort of admission of reality by the Italian government, and maybe not far enough in the sense that they said that they think they're still going to grow this year whereas many private sector economists think the Italian economy, which is currently in a technical recession, will continue in one. And so it just complicates and muddies the water a little bit because at the moment, financial markets are relatively sanguine about Italy. Juncker visited Rome recently and said how much love was shared between the European Commission and Rome. But, you know, that tone could sharply deteriorate if people start to get worried that this isn't just a blip and that the coalition government solving its partners policies have actually sharply exacerbated the long-standing malaise of the Italian economy and that maybe even financial markets start to again question the sustainability of Italy's huge debt. And will that set of economic circumstances, Miles, start to affect the Italian coalition? You know, we know that Matteo Salvini and the other deputy prime minister, Luigi Di Maio, and the Five Star Movement come from, in many ways, very different political positions. Is the sobering economic outlook for Italy going to make a difference in terms of the policies they can implement and therefore in terms of the domestic political support? In theory, yes, in the sense that when the economy is growing at a slower rate, there will be less money to spend. And that means that some of the more ambitious plans, which both parties have put forward, will have to be sort of reined back. Salvini and his League Party have long campaigned on the notion of a so-called flat tax, which is effectively a type of tax harmonisation that they think is extremely important in Italy, but will be expensive. And uh, more straightened economic circumstances will make that harder to implement. In terms of the tensions between the two parties, yes, they certainly are competitors, but they have shared interests as well. There's a lot of speculation in Italy about how long can this seemingly bizarre coalitions hold together. But increasingly, you know, it suits their interest. They may well be willing to sort of compromise as long as the policies that their core constituents want are at least given a nod in the sense of the five star, which has a strong weighting towards southern Italian voters, has been very keen on its so-called citizens' income policy. That's kind of gone through with some moderation. And Salvini will get a little bit of his flat tax. They may just continue to sort of dance this dance where they take pot shots at each other occasionally, but know that it's ultimately better for them to keep the government together rather than gamble by breaking apart and having to have the chaos of a new coalition trying to be formed or even fresh elections. But just final quick question to you there, Anne Sylvain, a lot about Italy's domestic political situation could depend precisely on the outcome of the European elections in May and who seem to have the upper hand. They've both got a lot to play for. Yes, indeed. Salvini and Luigi Di Maio, you know, Europe is part of their platform. They campaigned on a different Europe. Salvini was more for an anti-immigration Europe and Di Maio, a Europe that would be more willing to test stimulus packages rather than austerity packages. So, yes, both are using Europe to their own advantage. And this will play out in Italian politics. Thank you, Anselven. And thanks, Miles. That's it for this week. My thanks to Anselven Chastani here in London and Miles Johnston in Rome. Till next week, goodbye. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.